Petersfield's Shine Radio. The Wisley Flower Show takes place in September and this year it was celebrating its 30th anniversary. Hello, I'm Claire Venice from Petersfield's Shine Radio with a special Growing Together episode from the Wisley Flower Show. The Wisley Flower Show takes place at the end of the summer and I'm with Emma Allen who is a garden manager here at Wisley. Hi Emma. Hello. How's it been today, first day of the show? Well, it's been glorious. We've actually been really lucky with the weather because it hasn't rained yet, although obviously we've been very delighted to have the rain. Um, We've been rain dancing all through summer, but we've been really lucky today. It's been glorious start, beautiful opening uh, with Nikki Chapman and all my favourite nurseries are here. There's lots to play with. It's lovely, actually, isn't it, to get together again, probably for the final one of the year. It is indeed. I love it. It's basically, I've got all these amazing nurseries in our garden. It's just like, I'm like a child in a sweet shop um, and get walking around with my teams, looking at what we can bring into Wisley, looking for new ideas. So we always find some new plants. Have you got your eye on anything at the moment? So we're going to bulk up some things we've got already that we know really work. So there's a lovely echinacea called Delicious Candy, which we're going to bulk up in the mixed borders. Very eye-catching, low-growing pink ones, so great for the front of a border. We're going to try growing a Farfugium wavy gravy in Fern Glade. Uh, we currently grow it in the glass house, but I grow it outside uh, at home in Brighton, so I'm pretty sure it's hardy here as well. Um, so we're going to buy some more of those. Yeah, there's just little ideas everywhere. And we're looking at the mandevillias for container displays next year as well. But we may well buy them in spring. But we can have the conversation with the grower now about what we might want to buy later as well. So it's making those relationships and getting that advice is also really valuable for us. And this is the 30th anniversary of the flower show here. What does that mean to Wisley? I guess it means it's a successful event and it's something that uh, chimes with our visitors as well. Uh, If they stopped coming and didn't like it, we wouldn't continue to do it. So it's great from that perspective. And I think it's great because you have that access to the growers. I think there are other plant shows that do that, but it's a nice end of summer. Great time for planting as well. So great time to come shopping and then, you know, autumn. Now we've had some rain brilliant time to plant get the plants roots in before the drought next year no doubt and also you have access to rhs horticultural advice as an advisory tent here there are talks about horticulture there's also the trade stands so you get amazing stakes or sculpture or other fun things to, useful things like plant pots to have in your garden now the gardens are always changing here aren't they every year there's something new and recently there's the hilltop and the world food garden how has that been received I think they've gone down very well. I wasn't uh, involved in the projects personally, but they opened last year to a really great reception. The World Food Garden, I think, looks stunning. Vegetable and fruit tend to look good quite quickly as well. So a lot, a lot of them are annuals or grow in one season, particularly with the vegetables. So there was a real impact last year, but it has matured a bit this year as well. And the teams have had a bit more time to design because obviously they were, as usual with every project, it's a last minute, quick, get everything planted before the deadline of opening. So they've done really well. It looks amazing considering the summer we've had as well. But yes, we are always doing something here. So, you know, the next big thing to look out for will be a massive lake. Exciting. Where's that going to go? So where we used to have the trials field, so last year we opened a new trials garden, so that was another uh, project. We brought that 
into the centre of the garden, so that's now next to the mixed borders. So now people know more about our trials because they're, they're easy to access. And so now when you go up the big hill into Battleston and look across and you've got the noisy A3 in the background, you will see carved out already a lake. We are just now waiting for the winter rain to fill it up. That's fantastic. So big plans afoot for that area. Is there any reason why you have decided to put a lake in that area? Well, aside from it looking rather fabulous and filling that that enormous space uh, up there, it will act as a reservoir for Battleston Hill, so it will capture um, rainwater from our hilltop building. Um, that, that will all be channeled down there and then it will connect to the Battleston water tank so we can then, rather than using the river water that we abstract up there, we've got our own reservoir on site. So it's part of making us more sustainable um, and a little bit more water independent as well. Well, I suppose after the summer we've just had, that's an important thing to think about. Yes, we can't have enough water on site now. It's such a valuable commodity. And sustainable gardening, absolutely. That's another thing that people are also turning their thoughts to, aren't they, really? Yes, I think after the summer we've just had everyone thinking about right plant, right place, what survived the summer. We certainly noticed here things like our Largostromia have thrived. Um, and as another tree, Cladastris Kentucky, which is from America, that's put on like almost like a metre of extension growth with no rain over summer. Yet our Cornus Cusa collection is, is looking very tired, so they, they like more water. So it's really interesting watching what's thriving and what's struggling. And so that will inform what we plant going forward. What are you going to plant around there? Are there plans to expand around the lake as well? So there will be lots of trees. I think my colleagues uh, who are running the project have brought um, more maybe sequoias and redwoods because there's uh, some lovely redwoods up there already. There's already an island with some trees on it. And then they'll have lots of other exciting things. It's Wisley. We plant everything. We love plants. The more the merrier. We've got a phrase, more is more. And uh, <laughs> we, we live by that, really. Well, being a garden manager here, I imagine, must be a wonderful job to have. How long have you been here? Just over six years. And, uh, and when I started, I said it felt like a work holiday and it pretty much still does oh. i love my job emma it's been lovely to talk to you thanks very much thank you very much now it wouldn't be right to come to wisley flower show without going into the dahlia show tent and i'm here now with some gentlemen who have been instrumental in the judging and taking care of the show here today i'm with dave kent how are you dave fine thank you busy morning it's been horrendous Oh, no. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to say that. Chaotic. But you have a smile on your face. But everything is wonderful now. And it's all gone very well, hasn't it, Cyril? Very good. And that's Cyril. We're just talking to Cyril as well, who's one of the judges here. Is that correct, Cyril? Judge and chairman. He's judge the chairman. judge and chairman. It is a beautiful tent, absolutely full of gorgeous dahlia buds of all shapes and sizes. Is it like this every year? Yeah, every year. And what's been so special about the dahlias this year? Well, it's been a bit tough, really, because of the weather. And then we had the storms over the last few days. And people have really got upset. But I think it's magnificent that they've all made the effort to come and fill up the hall. And do you grow yourself? I do, yes. I thought I saw your name over there. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, I've been trying for a few years now to win that particular championship and finally I've got it. Well done. What do you like about growing dahlias so much? Well, it, it's just the colour that there isn't a flower that has got so many different types and varieties and colours. Uh, 
just a pity it didn't last a bit longer in Navarre's, but uh, I think for the short time you have them in the house, they're wonderful. You get a buzzer, I think, when you, um, when you get that red ticket day, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Do you grow yourself, Cyril, as well? I grow a lot of seedlings, breed me on varieties. And my, bre- my breeding prefix is uh, polventin. So any daddy you see with polventin on is my prefix. I grow about 1,600. Wow. How long have you been growing that many dahlias? Since I was 14. Oh, really? <laughs> well, not that many. Not that many. Yeah. I started off with about, about 50 and just, and just built up. It's a full-time job, I imagine, isn't it? But my passion is breeding. You're after that one really star dahlia, and I've got a few in the pipeline now. Have you? Yeah. I've got um, a purple miniature ball, which I think it's going to be fantastic. And also I've got one called a Povet and Phyllis, which I named after my mum. Beautiful pink, pink semi-cactus. Fantastic. Ooh, and when are we likely to see these then, Cyril? I, I, was, I, I was hoping there was going to be some here today, but unfortunately, uh, with the weather. So, next year. Eyes on next year. <laughs> Sounds great. And Dave, you've been going for, obviously, a number of years. What started your love of dahlias? It was my granddad who worked for Shan Kids, and he was the gardener for the estate in Bedfordshire and my dad used to help my granddad when he started to struggle and then eventually he had a lot of plants at home so I sort of got it from from that really and uh, I've raised a a couple but one is named after my dad Geoffrey Kent. And what kind of dahlia is that? That's a miniature decorative red that was his favourite colour. That's lovely. Both of you, what, what's your favourite dahlia? I think it has to be Oak Goldcrest, which is a, a, a rich yellow, golden, small semi-cactus. And Cyril, have you got a favourite? I haven't got a favourite, I'm afraid. There's so, there's so many I like. I just like a dahlia with beautiful form. And uh, there's so many dahlias that with lovely form. I think one of the, one of the top varieties uh, is the Kiwi Gloria. You grow it right, it's a fantastic variety. And has the judging been difficult this year? No, not really. The quality is, is first class here, especially the Terry Clark down there. I mean, which is the best in the show. Fantastic, fantastic exhibit. What advice would you give someone who's interested in, in going on a, a daily growing experience? I think the best thing to do is, in the first instance, buy a book, How to Grow Dahlias. There are several around. And then pick your varieties you want to do. Some are different from others in the fact that some you use just for the gardens and some are for exhibition and you will then tend towards a certain type of dahlia good advice it's lovely to talk to you both thank you very much for talking to me today enjoy the rest of the show i've come to the pepper pot nursery which is a herb specialist and i've met with deborah and Catherine. and you're based in alton we are yes we're based on the end of the selborne road which is just on the edge of alton And how long have you been growing herbs there? We've only been on that site since 2015, but we started 25 years ago in Tilford, which isn't too far away, up near Farnham. And why herbs? Neil, my husband, is a horticulturist. He worked on a herb nursery a long time ago. He'd always wanted to set up his own nursery, and I think we just liked the fact that they combine health and food and such a lovely range of different plants. Well, just standing here, the smell is amazing. It just smells gorgeous. There's a lady next to me nodding her head. <laughs> it, it is lovely. What, what varieties of herbs do you grow? 
Uh, we grow a range of roughly 200 different things, actually. So some things like the mints and thymes, there's probably 20 to 40 different varieties of each, but mainly culinary herbs, some medicinal ones, some for the edible flowers or salads, but, yeah, huge range, really. Now, going into the autumn, obviously the growing season is dwindling and we're all sort of looking around desperately for green things to still keep growing. Herbs, obviously, you can have in your house as well, can't you? You can. I think some people are surprised how many survive the winter outside anyway. So you could have rosemary, oregano, thyme, sage that you can pick all year round outside and a hardy. Other things you could move inside on a sunny windowsill. Some of the basils would keep going for a lot longer that way. But yes, yeah, sunny windowsill is ideal as well. And what unusual herbs have you got here? I think some of the culinary ones. So you've got Vietnamese coriander and lemongrass, which people use more and more in their cooking. You've got some that are more hardy. Winter savoury is a lovely one. It's very peppery and spicy. It used to be used for flavouring spiced meats and sausages and things. And then it say in the range of basils we grow about 13 different ones of those so lemon basil and cinnamon basil and lots of different flavours within a range. And you mentioned obviously culinary we use herbs to cook with all the time but medicinal purposes as well? Well I think a lot of them cross over so just by eating them you get the medicinal properties so things like peppermint tea for digestion and chamomile tea for the calming effects but most do people have thyme tea and sage tea for coughs and colds and sore throats so yeah a lot of them just by eating them you'd get that regardless good advice going into the winter thanks very much it's it's lovely to find you here in hampshire i'm thrilled to have met you do you go to to all the other shows around um we don't do huge amount we keep it very local we're very conscious that we like to sell on a local basis we supply a lot of garden centers in the area and as far as shows go we tend to venture into winchester and guilford the wisley garden shows but we don't travel very far very nice to meet you. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thanks. Bye. Hi, I'm Steve from New Forest Hostas and Hembrick Alice. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, day lilies for people that don't know what Hembrick Alice are. And how long have you been working with hostas and dealers? Um, me personally, for about the last five years. My wife, probably for 25 years plus. So she's the real plants person. I help out. And, and what's, what appeals to you about hostas? It's all about the foliage with the hostas, as far as we're concerned. They range in size from a miniature, which would be four inches high, to a giant, which can be over five feet tall. So there's, you know, shapes, sizes, colours, all sorts of things. Now, when you mention the word hostas, I think a lot of people might think snails, Mm -hmm. slugs, and the foliage is beautiful, but how do you keep them from munching that gorgeous foliage? So there's various ways of doing that. There are a lot of varieties now which are more pest-resistant anyway. But the thing that we always recommend is a garlic solution, which you make yourself and then you spray your plants with it weekly. You must do it weekly. Uh, And if you do, you'll see a big improvement. Really? So the garlic keeps them away? Absolutely, yeah. There's the smell and the taste that they just don't like. So they go and look for something else that's easier for them to eat. Do you have a secret recipe for this garlic solution? Well, it's not secret. We give it to everybody that asks us the question. Um, It's very, very easy. You can find it on our website tells you how to make it It takes 15 minutes to make a batch which will last you a year probably two years depending on how much you use and yeah make sure you use it weekly and that's the only thing we do say you could spray anything that's being nibbled so delphiniums lupins anything like that uh, and you'll see a big big improvement 
That's an amazing tip. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, what's your favourite hosta that you have here on the stand? Oh, I mean, we grow around about a thousand varieties at our nursery. Um, difficult to say one particular hosta. That probably, if I had to say one, it'd be snake eyes. Very, very popular. We always sell out every year. It's a medium size. It's not one of the giants, but it's just a really nice deep green edge with a white flash in the centre. It's, it's stunning. And how big does that get? Um, just under two feet, so about 50 centimetres. Very upright habit, file-shaped. It's just a really nice hosta. Sounds like a nice one to have in a garden as well, yeah. not too big. And looks great in a pot as well. Looks, okay. Yeah, it looks really good in a pot. So mm. Now you're here at Wisley. Is this your first year at Wisley? No, it's our third year. We did the previous one to the covid lockdown and then last year and and this year and how's the reception been so far yeah great yeah we've we've i mean we're always busy wherever we go but um and wisley's yeah it's a it's a localist show for us so we like yeah we enjoy coming to the garden i've happened upon a really interesting stand with willow outside and i met with seb hi seb Hi, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Good. Sweltering in the sun now. I thought it was going to be raining. Well, me too. I'm walking around with my raincoat just in case, but actually it's the complete opposite, isn't it? It it's is. It's really humid. <laughs> now, is that good for willow? Because you're at the willow stand here. Well, it's English willow, so it's for English conditions, um, but they do love water. So it's one of the, the key thing with them is just keep wetter the better, basically. So you keep them nice and watered. They love that. So obviously had a really hot summer. So anyone who's had one, we've you know been selling them to, we just said water, water, water. So if you think you haven't watered them enough, just give them a bit more because they will just drink. Now, willow has been used traditionally for various different structures in the garden and you've got some quite interesting willow wands here. Can you explain a bit more about what they are, please? Yeah, so willow wands are really simple, actually. What we've done is we've taken nine stems of willow cuttings. Um, So the type of willow is called Flanders Red. It's from Somerset. And what we do is we weave it together and it basically creates kind of like a bonsai willow tree. So we've got four different stem heights of small, medium, large, extra large, and you buy the stem height you want and you simply grow the head. And over time, those stems, because of the amount of water they drink, they thicken up, they graft, and it becomes one living trunk. So like the one behind you um, there, I know people won't be able to see it, but- um, I'll take a yeah. picture. Yeah, you take a picture. <laughs> um, but they become, basically you get one living trunk it's English willow, it's for English conditions, so, you know, it's very easy to look after. You just cut the heads back, whatever shape you want, so you can have them becoming a bit more wild. But if you want that lovely, you know, tapery top, every now and again, just cut it cut it back or pick off the new growth, and that will help to thicken it up. But, yeah, they're fully hardy, down to minus 25. So winter time, you know, they'll drop their, their leaves, kind of first hard frost of the year, and then they come back again mid-March, but they kind of look how they should look in winter. You know, nice big branches, and you can put fairy lights and Christmas lights through them, that kind of thing. Yeah, you mentioned that you've got um, various different heights here. There are some quite little small ones, but yeah. about what, two foot tall. Yeah, I'd say about that. How high yeah. will they get? So the stems don't grow any higher, but the heads grow bigger. So if you're going to put them in a pot, I would suggest in your mind's eye, just think about how big you want the head. And that's how kind of bigger pot size you want. So the roots have enough space to kind of grow out, basically. Um, But that really big one behind you, you could grow like a 24-foot head on that if you wanted to. So, you know, kind of half the price of like a bay tree or an olive tree and they're twice as hardy. And, yeah, they're really kind of quite magnificent, actually. And that's only five years old. Um, But it takes about three to three and a half years for them to, to graft together. 
Very nice. They're interesting plants, aren't they? And like you said, look very interesting in your garden as something a bit different yeah. than just a willow structure. Yeah, and not too twee either. They kind of look natural and when they are fully grafted, you get that wonderful roped effect with them. Um, and it's just something a bit different as well. And it just catches the eye. Thanks very much, Seb. Nice to talk to you. No it's Nice to talk to you too. Thanks. I've come to the most beautiful stand, actually. It's a bulb stand, and I've met with Karen. Hi, Karen. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, fine. How's the show been so far? It's the first day. Yeah, it's the first day, so it's busy, and uh, yeah, we are glad that we're here, that it's possible to come. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, you are expert bulb growers from yes. Holland, and your stand is... W.S. Warmenhoven. So can you tell me a bit more about what bulbs you have here on your stand? Now we have, uh, we are specialists in allium and amaryllis. We grow ourselves uh, 65 different varieties of allium bulbs. Uh, we grow on the fields and in the greenhouse and uh, we cut the flowers for the auction and f- to making the shows, the flower shows and we are selling the bulbs. And how long have you been doing this? Already 35 years. So we do Chelsea, all the main RHS big shows, Hampton Court, Tetham Park, the gardens, Harlowcar, Hyde Hall, Rosemore, Wisley. You go, you go everywhere. <laughs> we start in May and this is the last one in September. And now, of course, this is the beginning of bulb planting season. What advice would you give to people who are looking to, to plant their bulbs? When would they plant them? What varieties should they plant? Uh, the planting period for all the bulbs and also for the allium bulbs is October-November. Then the ground is uh, cooling down from summer and then all the bulbs can go in just before the winter. Then people are preparing their garden, the summer flowers are gone and then ready for planting and flowering in uh, spring. Are there any new varieties you have this year that you'd like to highlight? Uh, We have a lot of new varieties but are not here and we are working on new ones. So every year we try to get a new one but it takes a long time before you have a crop to sell. Now with amaryllis, I know that some people like to force the amaryllis to come out around Christmas time. Yeah, you can do it. Uh, We have them almost the whole year around, but this is uh, what we are selling here on the show is a new crop, so that's just coming out of the ground, uh, out of the greenhouse. So they have to be another month without soil and in a month's time they get planted and then they are it takes about six to eight weeks before they are in flower in the winter time. So uh, you can arrange it a little bit to have them in flower around Christmas time. Something to look forward to. <laughs> so what's your favorite bulb here? I like the round and purple. It's a nice purple one with a little bit white on it. And it's really strong variety. And purple sensation is a nice one. Really dark color. Ambassador, uh, Globemaster some varieties well known here in England and there are also new varieties they don't know here and we show it here and we sell it. And you have gorgeous tulips as well and obviously Holland is well known for the tulip displays in the spring. Yeah. That's obviously something you enjoy very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we come from the area of the bulb fields, uh, the west part of, uh, of Holland, between Amsterdam and The Hague, with the bulb fields, with the tulips, the hyacinths, daffodils, Kokenhof gardens. It sounds lovely. Karen, thank you very much for putting a bit of spring into our autumn. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Many thanks to all the Hampshire-based exhibitors I spoke to and to the ones a little further afield. Thanks also to Wisley Garden Manager Emma Allen and to the RHS.
You can hear more gardening advice and chat from Growing Together at Petersfield's Shine Radio at shineradio.uk or by searching Growing Together from any podcast app. Happy gardening. When you listen to Petersfield's Shine Radio, the children of Sheet Primary School will keep you on time. It's 16 minutes to 7. It's quarter past 5. Through the day, every day, their young voices keep Petersfield running like clockwork. It's 27 minutes to 12. It's half past 6. Shine Time is sponsored by Pickets and Purses for the timeless beauty of new and vintage jewellery in Petersfield. It's 29 minutes to 3. Shine Time, only from Petersfield's Shine Radio.